let, let me let me pause right here uh y'all can argue amongst yourselves when i say this but outcast is one of the greatest hip-hop duos of all time argue with your mama right like because outcast andre 3000 big boy i mean monsters with it their, their records, I mean, just the evolution through the years, and of course, Big Boy's still doing his thing. They kill it every single time they drop an album, every single time they drop the song. They were just masters of their craft. And to this day, can't no other pair touch them. If y'all don't agree, drop in the comments. But I'm gonna tell you this argue with yourselves. Final word for me I'm the master on this one. Welcome to another episode of Music and Nostalgia. I'm your host, Dakwa Peters, and I'm giving you another incredible episode. Um, it seems like the last couple of weeks I've been journeying down some of my uh, memories living in Nigeria, so I'll do the same for you this week. This week, we're going to explore a song that comes out, or at least was exposed to me, from one of my childhood favorite musicals, and that's Sound of Music, the music, the movie. But the song we're going to talk about is My Favorite Thing. But here's the deal, right? Here's what prompted me to do this episode. Um, I don't know. I got in a wave where I was listening to some music from my college days a few days ago, and I caught, I caught wind of a song that was, it was more an interlude, but for me, it was a jam. And it was a song by Outkast, particularly it was a song by Andre 3000 from their special album uh, two CD collection that was the um, Love Below and the Speaker Box. And the song that I'm talking about here is and I don't know if you guys vibed with this, but it was my favorite thing. So here's was super dope, right? Like I grew up hearing my favorite thing from The Sound of Music and it was a jam, but it was, you know, it was folksy and, and just very good, simple sound to it. But I heard the version Outkast did and it was, it, it up tempo had a nice funky jazz with a nice hip hip hop bass line going to it and i was like yo i don't know how this man and whomever was writing with him got so creative and had this and it was just like i mean up tempo it had so much flavor to it i was immediately just enveloped by the sound and i was like yo this is it like the whole album was great but that one took me i mean took me somewhere that i had not imagined it would and it was crazy because at that point i had a few friends that were jamming to the album well pretty much everybody in the south you know we lived in georgia i was in Macon at the time but everybody you know claimed atlanta because a lot of us came up from the atlanta area but we were all rocking to this joint so heavy. And that song in particular, I know everybody that I could think of was rocking to it, loving it, and enjoying every bit of it. And so I was super amped about that song. For, for, for me, it was layered. I was amped about it because 
I was listening to something that took me back to my childhood where most of my friends didn't seem to vibe with that sound. I actually know people that are like, yo, Sound of Music is whack, man. I didn't like that movie. And I'd be like, internally, just like bleeding, like, how dare you? That was my joint. And for them, it just wasn't, it just wasn't a thing. And, and I understand, you know, different flavors, different interests. For me, I grew up in Nigeria, and this became a thing that was really, it was really enamored. It, it was, I mean, it was just wrapped into my upbringing. It was, it was wrapped into to so many of my memories. But going back to Outkast's version of it, well, Andre 3000's version of it, it just had this funk, this, 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 mm, this punch to it, something that just gave it, and, and the, it, the tempo was faster, it moved so much quicker, and I was, I was immediately sucked into it. And I was like, yo, this is pretty cool that Andre went and found a joint from Sound of Music that was made in 1965 and decided to make that, you know, into his version and really rock it out. And I was super excited. I was amped about that. Blew my mind. And I was like, man, this dude is just a creative genius. Like, you sit there and flip that joint so heavy that it's current and it's in hip-hop space and there's just so much love and the energy that comes through it. Um, so here's what really got me. It took me right back to growing up in Lagos. Um, so, what, you know, my parents moved back to Nigeria probably in 82 or 83. I don't remember when they moved back permanently. Um, and we ended up moving to an area called, uh, in, in Lagos called Agege. It's a, it's a city where, you know, if you're from Nigeria, if you don't even know the city, you know Agege bread because, like, bread is life and it's love, right? So that area, we moved into um, uh, one of my uncle's, late uncle's home in Agege. He actually had this home and um, allowed us to, allowed my family to live there, my dad, my mom, and me while we were getting settled adjusted and and finding my parents were finding a place to to you know for them for themselves and to to you know set it off get their careers going and all of that so we stayed in 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 Agege and it was just I don't remember too much of us living there I do remember from pictures that I've seen growing up and I'd always remember looking at those pictures and I could identify that that was a place I visited so much growing up. Well, when we finally moved, we moved to a city called Ikbaja. That's actually where I grew up for the rest of my time living in Lagos. Um, And so we moved to Ikbaja and I was like, I was like, yo, um, I love it here. It's really cool. But one thing my mom did was we always drove into, um, into our gege still because now my uncle and his family decided to move back to a gege and that was where I got to really start interacting with their home but every time I would come to their house when I was I was like seven eight nine I would always come and my cousin Ronke uh, who's Dr. Ronke Akerele now we call her Rondos in the family she would she was she's a couple of years older than me and she would always play that movie for me. It was it, it was inescapable every single time I came to the house. And they had this really like cool projector type thing. It was it was massive. Like it it's our version of a uh, super large big TV screen. It was a it was just a big concave projector uh, 
stain with our big huge bass and she would play the video every single time and we would watch it like i could i could be there 10 times in a month and i can guarantee seven out of those 10 times i was watching that movie at that house it became a staple for me i memorized pretty much all the words at one point in uh, getting into my teenage years you couldn't you couldn't quote a part of the movie and i didn't know what came next i knew the songs i was amped about it i was in love with the opportunity to play that and i loved going to their house so here's one of the reasons that we would come to their house uh quite frequently outside of the fact that you know you know there was them you know it was family and we loved coming like i remember my late uncle we used to call i i you know everybody had their names for him doctor and you know uh, senator at one point uh ambassador because he 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 has served in so many different capacities um in nigeria for nigeria in in his life but i had the privilege of calling him big daddy because he was um he was not, you know, in, in, in the Yoruba culture, we, you know, it's, you, you don't call this, it's, it's layers, right? You can call certain people uncle and auntie and all of that, but then there's a layer of people that are old enough to be your uncle and aunt's parents. You call them like, you know, daddy or big daddy if you're, you know, because now it's the, el to recognize the elders in the family. So I called him big daddy. That was me and a few others in, in my age group, I'm sure. Uh, but that was my name for him, and he loved to hear it because he was he was just one of the kindest, welcoming, considerate, and just dedicated individuals in the family. So he always he was always so welcoming. So, but one of the reasons we also came was at that time in Nigeria, you didn't have phones in all the homes. Like if a cell uh, cell phone didn't exist at the time for any of us, but we had um, house phones. Um, in certain areas and his house was one of the areas that there was a phone so we had to drive in from Ikpaja to Agege just to come make calls so my mom um, if she needed to call someone in the U.S. or in another part of the country she we had to drive in and I remember it was so crazy that that their phone had a little lock on it and you know the the rotor, rotary phone for those of you guys that were born like probably in the mid-90s wouldn't know what that is, but a rotary phone where you'd have to, you know, turn it to get to dial the number. But they would have a little lock on it because they didn't want, because phone calls were expensive. They didn't want random, uh, somebody sneaking in and just making calls and just running up their bill. So there would always be that lock. And I remember that joint. It was like, it was, it, to me, it was just like super cool. I'm a kid. Now everything seemed cool to me. But we would always, while my mom was making calls and, you know, and because connections sometimes would take forever to, 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 to connect, my mom would be, you know, while she was there, I was like, hey, take as long as you want. I'm just going to go ahead and watch this movie. And I'd watch however much of it I could before we had to leave. We might have watched other things, but that movie was a staple. Like, it was permanent as a part of my upbringing. Um, and I, I, I so love that movie that... If it ever played anywhere, I would stop immediately and be like, um, "Nope, nope, nope. Let's uh, let's see what's going on here. Let's 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 catch a scene because I would be anticipating the following scene." So the song, um, uh, let me let me talk about some some of my memories of the song. Um, so the uh, what, what, uh, oh gosh, where am I in the movie? I'm literally like fast forwarding through the movie now so the scene that i'm talking about in the movie um 
So they finally, if for those of you who have not watched the movie, it's 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 ancient. It came out in '65. So if you don't know it, yeah, gee, look, you, no spoilers. So here's here, the story is based around the um, uh, the era of the Nazis, and it's talking about an Austrian family um, that you know is navigating the, these waters. So there's this there's this gentleman that has several kids, I think uh, seven, and they get a nanny, a governess, as they called it. And she came in to manage the house, take care of the children. But their father was so militant, he was about structure. You know, he blew whistles to call the kids. And they knew by the the the, the, the loudness, the, the number of, of, of whistles, I mean, number of blows and all of that, they knew exactly what his request was. So they were militant. They were on it like they they would march in 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 step and they were and the governess was just this floofy air not airheaded but just like mother nature type nun who didn't follow the rules she was she was non-traditional she didn't follow the militant rules she believed in hugs and kisses versus you know whistles and and march marching orders and it gets to a point now the kids um, start to show vulnerability, and when it's raining, it's storming, the lightning and thunder, they get scared, and the little one starts to sneak into her room because they're noticing her kindness. And all the kids start filing in, uh, you know, trying to say, hey, just and some of them like, hey, just trying to make sure everybody was safe, and then they jump in the bed. But when they were nervous, then then they'd say that, but aren't you scared? And she said, yes, I am. Of course I am. Then how do you deal with it? And he said, I simply think about some of my favorite things. And that's how the idea of the song was played into the movie. And I'm going to try to hum a few lines. Y'all love on me either way, right? Because, you know, your boy, <clears throat> yeah, your boy's not the musician. He just tried to give it what he know. And it starts off, raindrops and roses and whispers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Cream-colored ponies and crisp apple strudels. Doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzels with noodles. Wild geese that fly when the moon on their wings. These are a few of my favorite things. Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes, snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes, silver white winters that melt into spring. These are a few of my favorite things. So you can now, I'm sure as you're hearing this, you know, try to try to overcome some of the struggle notes and 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 find the tempo, right? Now think of that. And think of what Outkast did and how they sped up the tempo, right? And really gave it funk and all of that. And like I said, this movie came out in 65. It just hit so hard when I heard that joint by Outkast and by Andre 3000. And I was like, yo, this is a full bop right here. Like, respect all the way. I was ready to shout uh, uh, from the mountaintops to everybody that, yeah, y'all didn't like Sound of Music. Now check me now. How you like me now, right? I was, I was, you know, feeling myself. I was like, uh, uh. But then that was in 2003. Here we are, um, almost a decade, what, what, it's almost two decades later. Oh my goodness. Wow. 
<laughs> and I realized after years and even multiple people were along with me thinking, yeah, Sound of Music, that's how it came about. That's how they snatched this. Uh, Andre 3000 snatched this and produced it and, and had an incredible jam on his album. And I was completely for it. I was, I was like, yeah, let's let's tell the world, yeah, y'all don't like out. I'm y'all, y'all trying to tell me you don't like um, Outcast. Well, here they are producing. And and and, and let, let me let me pause right here. Uh, y'all can argue amongst yourselves when I say this, but Outcast is one of the greatest hip hop duos of all time. Argue with your mama, right? Like because Outcast. Andre 3000, big boy, I mean, monsters with it. Uh, their, their records, I mean, just the evolution through the years. And, of course, big boy's still doing his thing. They kill it every single time they drop an album. Every single time they drop the song. They were just masters of their craft. And to this day, can't no other pair touch them. If y'all don't agree, drop in the comments. But I'm going to tell you this. Argue with yourselves. Final word from me. I'm the master on this one. Uh, <laughs> but no, but seriously, right? So I was totally like, I was tuned in. I was excited about the fact that Outkast, Andre 3000 had finally had finally done something, a song that I could justi justify sharing my love for Sound of Music. It's so crazy. Like when, when I got when I got married, my uh, my wife had heard me talk about Sound of Music so much that she actually bought one of the collector's items. It was like a 25th anniversary um, uh, collect collector's item. It had the CD, a DVD, and then some extras that had never been released before. And yeah, I still have it. I finally took part of it out of the packaging, but that's only because I wanted to listen to it and I wanted to watch it. But yeah, so that's how incredible this was for me. And that was probably one of my favorite gifts um, ever and thank you Teju because I still have it specially protected in uh, in a space where nobody can destroy it I hope um, but yeah so anyway so I, I, like I was saying that's how excited I was about it I was so I was so amped about it but then a, a, a few a little while ago a few days ago while I was while I was doing my research I wanted to find out some things a few things that I may not have known about this song because I knew there was a whole lot I just I just wanted to look into it and, and make sure I was giving you guys some insights onto the music that that um, that you may not have known and this are y'all ready for this like first off my mind was completely blown like like for real like all the way blowed, right? Here I was thinking I knew this joint. I mean, I've known this, known of this song. I've rocked to it since, ah, I'll, I'll just give you from when I know that I had knowledge. So I'll say since 87, right? Since 87, I knew I was rocking to this joint. Have you ever known of something, a song, a book, a story, a narrative, a person, and you were like, oh, you can't tell me anything about this because I know it like i am this is me like i look I, that's how i was about this story only to find out that andre 3000 did that my favorite thing as a tribute right as a tribute to john coltrane i'm gonna let y'all sit in that you're like what john coltrane yeah the the, the jazz musician 
John Coltrane did my favorite things thing in 1961. Now, this took me on a tailspin. I did so much research trying to find out. So if y'all know this, please help me. Help me. Like, I need to find out. And here's what I need to find out. Who took it from whom? Because the movie came out in 65. It was a stage play in 59. But nowhere on the internet can I figure out if they took John Coltrane's uh, instrumental sound to wrap it around the words that they added, or, and I haven't found the song, um, the, the music by John Coltrane, um, I never thought to look that up, but is John Coltrane the originator? Because it says that the song was done by, the, the lyrics were written by Ham, um, Hammerstein and, uh, oh gosh, I'm butchering up his name here. What did I what did I put? Um it is done by I'm gonna, I'm going to get it to you. I want to make sure I have this correct cuz I wrote it down. I'm going like, to put it in my phone. Oscar Hammerstein the 2nd. Roger Richard Rogers and Oscar Hammerstein. Yeah. Right? They wrote the lyrics to the song. But the instrumental sounds so much like John Coltrane. Now, y'all take from that what you believe and what you know, and then give me what's fact. But it sounds like, you know, there's some borrowing going on, because look at the time frame. Yeah. So, that was that was an incredible discovery for me. That was a great expose. That was some great exposure for me. And I was like, so, are we going to find out what the real deal is? And I'm not trying to say there's anything nefarious going on because, you know, people buy rights from music and stuff like that. But I was so blown when I discovered that. And I was like, now I got to start looking, digging deeper on some of these things I've loved for years to find out what I thought I knew and then find out the truth. Because we grew up thinking one way and then realize we were only doing it because we knew no other way. Um, I still love Sound of Music. I still think it's a, a fun movie to watch. I enjoy it to this day. I remember some time ago, Oprah had uh, some of the children um, on her show when she was still on air. And for me, that you know, I, ain't, I ain't bothered to watch Oprah. But that one, that one, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we watching this one. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, you know, I was like, I reverted to being a kid again because I'm looking at this stuff and I'm thinking, yo, this is amazing uh, to see these kids that these people that played kids as kids in this movie that I absolutely just absolutely adored. Um, it's it's really amazing to see how that one song. And as it was done by Andre 3000, in a totally different vibe, totally different energy, still took me right back to my childhood going to Agege to go see Big Daddy, my cousin Ronke, um, my late aunt, um, um, Mama Ronke, uh, and, and, and to spend time with them and get to cherish those memories of watching that movie on so many occasions. Um, I could say so much about the family. Um, uh, Dr. Wahab Dosumi, Dosumu was 
an incredible leader um, and of so much integrity. He influenced so many people. Some of the works he did really changed the way Lagos was. Uh, and still, like some of his stuff still, some of the works he did still lingers in the state today because it was so much impact. He wrote a book, an autobiography, talking about his journey, talking about some of the things that he went through um, and some of part of his, some part of his journey. I remember as a kid, my dad actually was part of his team when he was running for, um, I believe it was governor for the state of Lagos, and um, and there there were just so many things that really uh, I could say about him, and I might have to do an episode on on just that that the memories I have about him. But what was really incredible was that I got to learn about. Uh, some family experiences by simply hearing the song and it took me right back to some of these experiences. I had a conversation with my dad and just knowing how much respect he had uh, for my uncle or big daddy as I call him. Um, it's funny because even, even in my 30s and now 40s, I still call him big daddy. It's like, you know, all my some of my older cousins are like doctor and I'm like, yeah, doctor, big daddy, you're right, you know. But um, that's just some of my um, fond memories I think that what what we what we get to to grow up through, grow up with, grow up from, um, really affects. I truly believe it affects the way we see the world, um, whether positively or just as exposure and or, and not so positively. It's great when we have those opportunities to learn from those experiences, to grow through those experiences. Um, I'll forever love Sound of Music. I'm gonna need to go watch it real soon. Um, and and uh, tell me if you guys know any songs from Sound of Music, and and let me know what your favorite is. And do you actually know the song "My Favorite Thing" by John Coltrane? Well, or the the music, should I say? Because I believe most of his stuff was instrumental uh, by John Coltrane, or from Sound of Music. And what's your favorite about that movie? What does this song take? What does this song do to you? Does it take you somewhere? Or is there a song that gives you that same experience that I just had? Because I know we all live life. Um, and we all have experiences. That's the beauty of it, right? That's why music and nostalgia is important. So tell me this. You know what I say every week. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter what the journey is, always remember the joy is truly in the journey. Now, Go listen to, to some music. Let's create some new memories. Take care. See you on the next episode. Love you guys. Peace.